We've heard from many of these younger families coming into our town saying this is the reason why we're moving here is Fairline Gig. This is episode 292 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm Lisa Gonzalez. When we last checked in with Ernie Statton from Farallon, Ohio, it was May 2016, and the community near Akron was getting started in building out their fiber optic network. The town has been deploying the network since then and is offering services to both businesses and residents. In this interview, you'll hear Christopher and Ernie talk about Fairlawn's approach and how they're driven to provide the best infrastructure for the community. You'll also hear how the network has been received so far and the many ways it's paying off. Ernie shares some of the challenges they've encountered and how they've used outreach to overcome them. Now here's Christopher with Ernie Statton from Fairlawn, Ohio. Welcome to another edition of the Community Broadband Bits Podcast. I'm Chris Mitchell up in Minneapolis, the Bold North, our Institute for Local Self-Reliance office, where we just hosted the Super Bowl and we had a crazy new slogan as a part of that. But today I'm talking about Fairlawn, Ohio with Ernie Statton, the Deputy Director of Public Service in Fairlawn. Welcome back to the show, Ernie. Thanks for having me, Chris. Ernie, um, you are one of the more interesting projects I think that we've talked with in the past because you uh, have built a citywide municipal fiber network without a electric utility. Uh, how have things been going for you? Uh, you know, now that we have it off the ground, um, customers we're putting customers on as quickly as we possibly can, and I would say overall this has been a big success. We're pushing the fifty percent uh, mark here in the city of customers that are actually on our network, and we're installing more and more every day with everyone doing a lot more streaming now and the type of bandwidth that we can put out, uh, it's really starting to grab hold. So I think this was a, a huge success and a good project for the city. Now, if I remember correctly, you're a modestly sized city, part of the Akron Metro that has quite a lot of people that commute in for work. Uh, that's correct. Um, our population is uh, 7,400 during the evening, and during the day and working hours, we swell to 30 to 40,000 people. We have quite a bit of uh, office space here in the city, and and we have it's a good balance of office and retail that's here in the city. So, during the day, 30 to 40,000 people is uh, is about the average. And so you are seeing uh, good uptake from both residents and businesses. And, um, in the, I mean, how long has it been since you finished the service? And then let me just ask you about how it's been going a little more in detail. We finished the actual uh, fiber build about two months ago. And we put customers on as we built. So that's probably a little different than most applications. We felt it was necessary as we went by a house that we grab that customer. We show the effort since this is a uh, municipal network and there's tax money that go into it from, from our general fund. It made sense for us to connect people as we went by. Right now, we're we're pushing the 2,000 customer mark. We have about 1,500 residents and about 500 businesses that are on our service. And and really, at the end of the day, the the businesses came along just a little slower. And I think the reason why they came along a little slower was contracts that they were in, making sure that our service was as reliable as we had touted, and then uh, just getting a feel from uh, the residential piece, whether they had, uh, we, whether we had given the type of service that we claimed. So 
now, fast forward, we're starting to get businesses more and more and more. And then residential is starting to drop off because we've we've connected 50 residential customers a week, every week from the moment that we started the project. So really, the project started in January of uh, 17, and we ran the entire year of building the network and putting customers on at the same time. And get to the end of the year, we're uh, into the new year, into 18. We're starting to slow down on the residential. But again, the businesses seem to be picking up. Right. That's something that's uh, very common because of those contracts. Uh, I think a lot of small businesses, and that includes nonprofits like mine, we tend to get into two, three-year contracts. And so those will um, be up. And then when they're up, you know, we'll switch over. So uh, that's something we see in a lot of places. One of the things that, that you said that I wanted to make sure people uh, heard was that uh, you did put money from the general fund into this. You're treating this much like infrastructure as a city. You're not trying to replicate the cable model. Uh, and if I remember correctly from our previous call, you would very much like for the network to uh, pay for itself, but your number one focus is creating community benefits, a stronger economy, more keeping more money in people's pockets. That's your number one focus, right? Uh, th- that's correct. So uh, your memory is great. Um, the idea here was that we were going to build a utility and we were going to treat it just as we do any of the infrastructure that the city has. So if you live in the city of Fairlawn, you're fortunate enough to have new roads built without assessment, uh, water lines built without assessment, sewers built without assessment, or any additional tax for any of those items. So the whole idea was that we would build this network the same way we would not raise taxes, we would not assess for the work that's done in front of the homes, and we wouldn't assess to go to the homes. So uh, residential-wise, we go all the way from the data center here at the service department, all the way to the home, place an ONT inside the home. All of that work is 100% free, and we pay for that out of general fund. The services that we have those services pay for basically our operation and any upgrades. So operation, not meaning the debt, the operation is only what it takes to run Fairline gigs. So it's our upstream providers, it's uh, electricity for the the data center, it's the consultants that we use to help us uh, run the data center and the services, it pays for the actual installers to do the work of installing in the home, that's the operation side. And then upgrades, obviously everyone knows that these networks are constantly, you constantly need to upgrade and watch over them. So that that is paid for um, by services. The debt, we hope someday that we do well enough with services to start paying some towards the debt. But that was never our intent from the very beginning. And and really the, the main idea that uh, we try to focus on and try to explain to all of our people is we, we're hoping for the soft costs. So that's what we call them, the soft costs. We're hoping that we, we generate more taxes, people spend more money at the restaurants, more money at uh, uh, our mall, more businesses come into Fairlawn, and the businesses that are already here, we hope that they stay and grow within the city. 
in having this type of infrastructure allows a lot of businesses to grow and uh, to just become more viable for the area. So at the end of the day, that was our concern, was making sure that those soft costs, that our taxes keep going up. There's there's all sorts of bonuses coming out of this network. The, the latest bonus is the mayor's state of the city. I, I did a report for him from the real estate uh, group in this area is called Nordax. And basically, they just give you an overall of how your real estate is doing it within the city or the state or whatever location you're at. Here in Ohio, it's called Nordex. Nordex uh, gave me information that from 2016 to the end of 2017, the housing market has gone up 8.5% inside the city of Fairlawn. Now, the economy is doing well, but I believe it does say that Fairline Gig had something to do with uh, getting the home values here in the city much higher. Eight and a half percent in a little more than a year is a, is a huge jump. This is another way to show that that's what these networks are doing. When you've gone a little above and beyond the traditional approach by having an ambitious wireless component to your network using Wi-Fi, can you tell us a little bit about that? I know that it's not complete yet, but um, you have a, certainly have a sense of where you're going and what's available already. The idea behind the wireless network that we were going to put in for the entire city, we kind of call it a net we're going to try to net the entire city with a wireless component. Our thought was we have so many visitors that come into town, there has to be a way to capture what the visitors do and help visitors out so that they didn't have to use a a big data plan with their phones or tablets, whatever they would bring into town. They could use the wireless network and we would have really three levels of network. So we would have one that is just a guest uh, network, just like you would get from a a Starbucks or a McDonald's or maybe even a hotel. Um, Then we would have a second level that would be a paid level and it would be a 100% secure. And it, it would look a lot like getting it from an airplane. Um, but we would sell a monthly plan on that. So you could come into Fairlawn and get a monthly plan. And what we were looking at doing was $10 a month, and you could get a 30 by 30, 30 meg by 30 meg package um, for the month on your wireless device. Then the third piece of the wireless was if you're already a Fairlawn gig customer, you live in Fairlawn or you have a business in Fairlawn, you would then have the right to use the network at no cost to you and you would have a uh, a password and it would be secure just as it is for the network inside your home. So there would be three components to that network. Right now, um, we have placed uh, access points on all of our city infrastructure, whether that uh, is buildings, uh, traffic signals, tornado warning uh, sirens, and a few other poles that we have here in the city. And we're currently working through negotiation with uh, our local electric provider to put some of these access points on, on electric poles. Then we'll have a basic infrastructure for the entire city. Along with this, we're probably going to put in a few monopoles, and hopefully that will help with the cell carriers also. But we're going to put monopoles in areas where uh, all the infrastructure is underground and we don't have utility poles to put uh, access points on. So we hope at the end of the day, we're looking at by the end of uh, 2018 that we would have a good net over the city where we could start offering service. We haven't offered service 
as a paid service yet. We, we allow the guest service and we allow our friendly gig customers to go ahead and use the access points and the coverage that we have now. But again, that's not throughout the entire city. We hope to have that done by the end of 2018. Aside from the benefits from the rising property values, what are some of the other benefits? Have you seen any uh, local employers that are really excited about this or any new employers coming to town? We have 18 new businesses that have actually come into Fairlawn that have made the statement that they uh, came here for Fairlawn Gig. So most of those businesses are uh, small business. They're attorney firms, engineering firms, maybe uh, small IT firms. We did just have one company come in uh, with 72 employees. That's an IT firm. They have a, a very good payroll. They'll be a great taxpayer for the city. So that was, you know, again, one of those driving forces that we were hoping to see happen. On the flip side of that, we set up meetings every single month to meet with uh, the business owners, and we, we set up a, a small luncheon hoping that, uh, that we get to hear from uh, businesses that are currently in the city. And we have. We've heard from many of them that they're growing their business and they're growing it because they have such better connectivity. So in our area, they just didn't have the connectivity that is needed to really build your business. So we've seen that. And then we've also heard from a lot of young professionals that are looking for a place to live here in the city. And uh, here at the service department, we have a unique situation. We actually have a trash compactor here where people bring their trash to us, which is unheard of probably anywhere. But what it does for us is it gives us the ability to meet with almost all the new homeowners. They come in, we can explain Fairline Gig, and we can explain uh, the trash service. So when that happens, we've heard from many of these uh, younger families coming into our town saying this is the reason why we're moving here is Fairline Gig. So those are those are really great stories, and it's terrific to hear that uh, through word of mouth so much is happening. Uh, are there any other benefits you want to tell us about? Uh, we have a financial group here in the city. Uh, it, it's a fairly large firm that was looking to, to grow their business before we ever started Fairline Gig. And this gentleman, I met with him that owns a business, explained what we have. We have him as a customer. So he has decided to build a new building. And when he went to our planning commission, which uh, I guess every every city, every town has a, a planning commission, when he came into the planning commission, his speech to the planning commission was he could have gone anywhere. Um, and he looked at a land that was even less expensive that he was very enticed by. But what he found with Fairline Gig was this is the reason to stay in our town. It's the reason why his business can grow. Uh, we found that financial businesses, accountants, really love this type of bandwidth because of all the, the heavy information that they're trying to get out. So having a, a system that's symmetric gives him the ability to send uh, large files out that uh, pertain to customers and the speed that gives that he can use uh, with Wall Street or uh, any other trading. 
And if I had to guess from my experience, reliability is probably a very strong factor also because you know, and I do some professional work. Um, I know several people that engage in professional small business work. They're using a product that tracks their finances and things like that locally on their computer, but then their accountants can access it at any time. If you have a service that's down occasionally, well, you may not be able to do your job. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to guess with your network, you're probably really reliable, and that's yet another benefit that you have. That's right. We've, we've heard that over and over again. You know, to speak about reliability, a few things that I can say, you know, we're, we're a 100% underground network, so that's already more reliable. We're a fiber optic network, which makes everything more reliable. And then city-owned, um, you know, we're doing this for the businesses, for the taxpayers, so our service level that we go out and repair or take care of our network is a, a much higher level than the incumbents because these are not only uh, customers, but they're taxpayers here. So that, that does make a difference. Ernie, when we last talked, you were planning on working with uh, a provider that's also from Ohio, uh, from the Dayton area, I believe, a local company called Extra Mile Fiber. Um, but now you're running the network yourself. So tell me what's going on there. Once we started the network, what ended up happening is that both Extra Mile and the city mutually thought that uh, it was in the best interest of Fairline Gig for the city to to run the network. So so we've parted ways with uh, Extra Mile Fiber, and uh, they did a great job. But we we had decided that there was a different path that we were going to go. And so right now, all services run out of the service department. They run out of uh, really uh, uh, my shop here. We hired a few employees. We hired a few consultants to help us out. And we've now taken on the entire data center all the way to the home or all the way to the business. A few things that I think that uh, helped out with the city, you know, obviously we had a uh, revenue share with uh, Extra Mile. Now all that revenue does go to the city. Obviously, that revenue is somewhat offset by uh, the fact that we have employees. And and there was a service level that uh, we were after, and now we can offer that service level without really having uh, anything to hold that back. Were you intimidated at the thought of doing that? I mean, I think one of the reasons that holds communities back who are considering what you've done is they look at it and they think, well, you know, we might only go into this if we have someone that's really able to hold our hand and that we can rely upon. But it it seems like you got into it and then decided that you felt confident enough to go ahead and, and, you know, hire consultants. But nonetheless, you know, if something went wrong, it's you (laughs) that has to answer those questions. I mean, personally, I'm guessing. Actually, I would say that in the very beginning, it was intimidating, and that's something that I believe Extra Mile helped us with is that that we worked together on it, and we realized that this is something that the city could take on, and it could you know could come out of here. Fairlawn's really unique, um, and it's it's been unique for years. So there's a lot of a lot of ways that we service residents now that this just felt like another piece of servicing residents. Now, a few things that uh, I, you brought it up earlier that we didn't have an electric uh, here at the city or we really didn't have a utility. So uh, we have a private electric company. Uh, all of our utilities are private except for water and sewer. And water is actually run by the city of Akron and the sewer is owned by the city, but we actually sub that out. So we didn't have a billing platform. 
that was probably one of the most difficult pieces to this was to put that billing platform in place. So we did. We 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 now have a billing person that takes care of uh, you know the monthly bills for us uh, with customers and handles all the contracts with customers or businesses. So we now have a handle on it. And I think that that helped us step over. Now, uh, I can tell you that I'm the service director. So, you know, I have to handle everything from snow plowing our roads to handling our sewers or managing our sewers to now this network. So I don't know any everything with a, a network like this, but the, hiring those consultants to help me through some of this, we have one gentleman that watches over that uh, data center. That is a, 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 was a very important piece, and I wouldn't have felt comfortable doing it without knowing that I could bring someone in that had that ability. The final question I'd like to ask is just, uh, you know, have you had any challenges in terms of not offering television service? Do you feel like that's uh, holding some people back from subscribing or how have you dealt with that as someone who's focused on high quality data and phone service? I do believe television, just getting customers. um, and, And here's why. The community is split about 50 50 with people over uh, 60 years old. I believe some of the older residents still have a hard time going away from TV and streaming, cable TV and going to streaming is what I should say, I guess. So that that has hurt a little bit. But what we've noticed is this uptick on how streaming is working and people are now starting to understand streaming and they are calling us for this incredible network. One thing that we did from the very beginning is on our website, every week we send out a newsletter, and in that newsletter is a different way to stream, a different way to see TV. We always hit the streaming piece. So anyone that would like to look at our uh, website to get information on streaming, I mean, it's for everyone, obviously, but uh, we're pushing it towards uh, Fairlawn residents. That has helped. We've had many streaming events um, where we allow people to come in. Up to like 75 people get to come in and learn about streaming. I have a group of people that help help teach our seniors group. Our We had a special meeting just for our council members. We've had meetings for just certain areas of the city where we've tried to help them through the uh, streaming piece. I do believe, by the way everything looks, that streaming is obviously the future, and that's why we stayed out of the TV business from the very beginning. Great. Well, I have to say that I'm I'm enthusiastic. I really hope that you're able to um, keep racking up these wins. Uh, I certainly hope that that your neighbors. I know that you serve a little bit outside of town, but I, um, it sounds like you're ready to to share it with your neighbors, and I hope that that's something that's able to continue so that more of Northeastern Ohio gets better service. Yeah, we do too. We're actually in uh, discussions with almost all of our neighbors and even uh, even with people or communities that are quite a ways away. So there's a few communities near the Columbus area that have reached out to us and asked if there's a way that we could help them through, if not run it, um, at least uh, give them really the, the game plan on how to do it. So I think uh, I think it is starting to branch out, and uh, I'm with you. I hope this takes over Northeast Ohio. Great. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. That was Christopher with Ernie Statton talking about the network in Fairlawn, Ohio. To go back and listen to our other interview with Ernie, check out episode 201 from May 10th, 2016. We have transcripts from this and other podcasts available at muninetworks.org slash broadbandbits.
Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org with your ideas for the show. You can follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at communitynets. You can also follow muninetworks.org stories on Twitter where the handle is at muninetworks. Subscribe to this podcast and the other ILSR podcasts, Building Local Power and the Local Energy Rules podcast. Access them on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Never miss out on our original research. Subscribe to our monthly newsletter at ILSR.org. Thanks to Arnie Hughesby for the song Warm Duck Shuffle License to Creative Commons. And thanks for listening to episode 292 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. Music